I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In this episode, we talk about being more organized so we can be more present to others and in our relationship with God. might sound pretty bad but i'm really fed up with german people why uh, well i just had a bad experience and i i deleted all the germans from my phone so now it's hans free <laughs> hans <laughs> welcome to episode 36 everybody hello uh, we're happy to be with you back together again yay how sweet it is um, that sounded sarcastic, but it really is sweet to be back together. Um, you want to share your peak pit plug? My peak was... I forgot it. It's okay. <laughs> That's cool. It was kind of the rain. The rain was such a nice change of pace. And ever since the rain, every morning when I have gone to work out at the lovely hour of 6 a.m., um, there has been ice on my windshield. And oh, I've really? I scrape ice off my windshield. That's so pretty cool. I feel like we're having seasons. Yeah. In a sense. Adelaide likes it too. Yes, yeah, she does. We've gotten her new clothes, so she looks super cute, all bundled up. She's, she's got her eyes fixed on this microphone and wants to eat it. So you may be hearing a lot of Adelaide today. Ah. Um, so that's my peak. My pit was I went to a spiritual director and I didn't enjoy her kind of spiritual direction or her... How would you even put that? The style, maybe? style of her spiritual direction. So I'm still on the hunt, my friends. If you know somebody good, let me know. Um, and then my plug is... <laughs> Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> on the show. We are so best friends because I randomly was watching a bunch of those videos on Facebook. And I never do. Okay, but the TV... Show. Oh, I didn't know there was oh, a show. <laughs> oh, get lost in that show because there are so many episodes of it. And I got lost in it yesterday and my mother-in-law was watching with me and she screamed bloody murder and I just sat there and smiled the entire time. It's good stuff. Nice. <laughs> um, my peak, it's been like a month since we've been together. So mm-hmm. I can't remember if we did peaks, pits, and plugs on our... Did we? Yeah? I don't remember. I, um, I mean, I didn't. I don't remember if I did. But, um, so I, every year I work this trade show in Anaheim called the NAMM Show. Um, and so that was a really cool opportunity to see a lot of my music friends again. Um, we did a really cool staff outing to a Melkite uh, Catholic Rite Church. What? Yeah. Um, that was really fun. I've been doing a lot of speaking this month, so, um, that's been great. So, a lot of, a lot of peak moments. Pit, um was kind of, I just haven't been having a very good week. Um, and then um, at the NAMM show, I love being at the NAMM show, but you're surrounded by people who are still like stuck in the glory days of their band or like their band that never was. And they're still like, you see like 65 year old people walking around with a Corona at 9am and it's just like, this is just <laughs> the life. sad. Like it's the just life. so rough. So as much as that event brings me life for the people I get to be around, it's hard to see some of the bystanders and see like how difficult it is to still be stuck in that type of lifestyle. Still be looking for happiness in like all the wrong ways. You don't want to walk around with a Corona at 9am? No. Hmm. Definitely not a Corona. I Corona's need help. gross. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and then plug, 
Um, my plug would be spiritual direction, because um, Jenna mentioned it, and I just went this morning. And I think, like, based on at least where I am at the, this present moment in my life, I would be, like, real messed up right now if it wasn't for spiritual direction. Um, and also hummus. Oh, dude. I just want to plug hummus. I just a whole thing of hummus on my own the other day. Yeah. So, I'm sure you know what that is, but, you know. It, it's pronounced hummus. Hummus, yeah. So. And you eat carrots and bell peppers and chips and, um... Well, that's all we have time for, folks. That's how you eat hummus. That's episode 36. I hope it was beneficial Let's to just you. do an episode on listing out what you can eat with hummus. Pita bread. Tortilla chips. <laughs> I thought that was going to be all you said. Pita bread. Uh, anyways... So, um, ironically enough, <laughs> as scattered as we've been the beginning of this episode, we um, we won't be more. this episode is particularly about being organized. And not just being organized like in your life, but a specific reason why we should be organized. Um, and basically, this comes kind of from Jenna and I's own um, desires for ourselves this year. Jenna mm-hmm. mentioned on a previous podcast that she wants to be really like a lot more organized this year. Um, I am a very organized person, but I kind of changed my... I guess, like, view of, of what I want to be focusing on this year um, and focusing on the word presence and being more present to people. Um, and so um, I find that when I'm more disciplined, when I'm more organized, and when I'm more efficient in the times that I can focus on, like, tasks or work-related things, I have more time for prayer and people in my life that I really want to um, spend intentional time with and pe- relationships that matter. And so we kind of want to talk about that um, I don't plan for this to be a super long episode, but just maybe give you some ideas of, of why this might be valuable or if you really struggle with organization, um, maybe some tips that you can um, can look at. And then we'll end with a saint that you can ask for the intercession of, yeah. um, you know, like we normally do. So, yeah. Um, what do you think, Jen, is the hardest thing about being organized? Being consistent. So I'm really good at starting something and saying, like... New Year's resolutions. Very similar. Starting something and then um, keeping it up for a little while, but then just it being too exhausting or it being too much effort or I forget. Like, I just ultimately am like, oh, that, and it doesn't become important anymore. Mm. So not being consistent with it is probably my biggest struggle in staying organized. It's like organizing Adelaide's drawers. They look great the first mm-hmm. week and then the second week. <laughs> They don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like that is a, is probably a, the biggest obstacle. It's like, how do I do something that's going to be consistent and effective and not going to mm-hmm. be giant burden? And so when you're thinking about, you know, do you want to get organized? The answer is yes. Um, and all you need to know to do that is watch Tidying Up with Marie Kondo on Netflix that everyone is watching. And that's our episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. But I mean, and it's such a great approach to being organized about surrounding yourself with the things that bring you the most joy and then organizing them in a way to where you can access them and know where everything is. Yeah. But I like that you mentioned that because um, I read a statistic in prepping for this episode that 41% of the things that you put on a traditional to-do list, just a list, will not get done. That's about the app. 41% of the thing. If you just have a straight to-do list, like this is a list of things I need to get done in any particular order, 41% of them will never get done. Wow. Yeah. And so the real need is to have some type of method of organizing the priority of tasks and the priority of things in such a way that you can do it, do them efficiently, you can do them at the right time, 
and uh, you can do them in a way that's more natural for you. So for instance, if you're uh, very like phone savvy person, if you use your phone a lot or you tend to look at your phone first in the morning, um, then maybe that's the place where you need to, you know, house all of your organization stuff. Maybe there's an app or a, a listing system um, that you can use. If you have a journal or a diary that you write in or you like to write, um, then maybe something like a bullet journal or something like that or a planner is going to be easier for you. Um, if you tend to be on your laptop a lot or on your computer a lot, like something like that. You know, so finding what's your tendency, like what are the normal patterns of behavior that you already have to organize your thoughts in any way. Um, do you prefer doing it on paper? Do you prefer doing it on something that's digital? Uh, do you prefer it to be something that's fixed in one place or that you can carry with you? Um, <clears throat> stuff like that and kind of determine what's going to be the most effective and efficient for you because what works for us is not going to work for you. Yeah, and that's been super important for me because for a long time I thought that I could use my phone as my calendar and I would mm -hmm. miss things because I just... I, I wouldn't look at my calendar and mm -hmm. I would completely miss it. But for some reason, if I have it written down on a piece of paper in a journal in my planner, I'm more likely to cross something off my list or mm -hmm. to remember, oh, I have that thing today and I need to make sure that I get to that, yeah. that place. Um, and so once again, here's another plug. Bless the sheet planner that I'm using is so awesome because what I've figured out that it works for me is that if I have a list of things to do, and my weekly calendar next to it, I am way more organized because I can spread that list out mm -hmm. and make sure it gets done that week. Yeah. And if it's like, okay, this is not getting done this week, I can put it on the next week's list and I won't forget about it. Yeah. So that's, that is what's working for me currently. And I'm very happy. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. Mine's all digital. Mine's all on my phone. So I use notes and I use my calendar app on my phone. And those two things like run my, you know, my work schedule, like yeah. everything that I do at work is housed around those things. And so, but I like the agenda that you mentioned that because I think the whole reason why we need to do this is I want you to take a second if you're listening to this and I want you to ask yourself what in your life right now matters most to you and what matters least to you of the things going on in your life of the things that you do on a given day, what matters most and what matters least. So take a second to think about that. Now, does your calendar or your to-do list reflect that. Mm -hmm. That's the whole idea behind this is that we don't want you to just be organized so you can do more stuff, do more tasks. It's so you can spend less time with a to-do list or with worrying about forgetting something, less time bringing work home and more time with people in your life who matter most to you, doing things that matter to you, having good memorable experiences, and especially being present in your relationship with God, getting to Mass, like doing the things that, that matter most and need to be our first priority. Um, and so it's kind of like that analogy. There's a story of like a professor who he, he puts a bunch of big rocks in a jar, and then he asks the class, is this jar full? Oh, yeah. And they say yes. And then he pulls out a big um, you know, cup of smaller rocks, and he pours them in, and they fill in all the gaps. And he says, okay, is now the jar full? And they say, oh, okay, yeah, we get it. Now it's full. And then he pulls out a cup of sand and he pours it in and it fills in the even smaller cracks. Okay, now is it full? And they're like, okay, there's nothing smaller than sand really. Yeah, it's full. And then finally he pours in a cup of coffee and it still is not overflowing. He says, now the jar is full. And he uses it as an analogy for if we put in all the small stuff first, the big things won't fit. Mm -hmm. And so it's a matter of prioritizing the big things in life that really matter mm -hmm. and organizing the tasks and the to-do lists around it. Um, and those little tiny sand, grain of sand tasks of each day. And then recognizing he ends it by saying, you always have time for a cup of coffee with a friend. 
Like, that's the whole, Aww. yeah, the whole purpose behind it. And so, recognizing, like, this is a way to go through life, not to be a slave to tasks or to a list, but to be as efficient and organized as you possible in your focused work time, so that you're not procrastinating or wasting time and stealing time away from the things that matter most to you. Have you heard of, uh, I believe it's called four-step planning, weekly planning? Mm, I might know it by a different name, but I don't know by that it's name. Where you, it's like to bring out the best version of yourself and make sure that you're covering like your spiritual basis, your personal, and I think there's another another thing. Yeah. But um, you sit, it takes a really long time, which I'm not a fan of, and so mm-hmm. it doesn't work for me. But you take you sit down and you plan out your week. You look at the things you have to do. You look at the where are you going to fit in prayer? Where are you going to fit in family and friends? Where are you going to fit in something that is going to like fill you. Um, doesn't It doesn't have to be prayer related or family, friends related, just something like exercising. Um, and then all the other tasks that you have to fill in. And so I think it's called four-step planning. Mm, gotcha. Um, it just took too much of my time yeah. to do. Why? Well, like a simpler version of that is something that someone once told me. is like every day they try and do something for their mind, their body, and their soul. And so all that requires on your to-do list is to put, you know, mind, body, soul with little tick marks by it each day. And when My you've done something, yeah, when you've done something that is good for your mind, you just check the mind box. Uh-huh. You know, you don't have to plan, pre-plan what it is in advance. Maybe when you wake up that day and you look at your calendar, you know, you can consider, okay, where are my pockets of time that I have some free time to spend on these things? Mm-hmm. Um, and then being able to intentionally plan. Um, what this also does is this, um, this helps you learn how to say no. And it helps you learn how to say no without necessarily needing a reason because you know what's most important. You know when you have pockets of time uh, and that needs to be dedicated to family and to know or to prayer and to not. I think what we tend to do is we tend to like, okay, what has to happen for me this week? So if you go to school or you have a job, that stuff fills in first, right? And then anything associated with like errands that you have to run, you know, you have to go grocery shopping, you have to do laundry, you can't go forever without doing those things. Those fit in. And then it's looking at what's left and say, if I have time, then maybe I'll hang out with this person or maybe I'll go pray or maybe I'll get to mass that day. And it really needs to be the opposite is to say like, yeah, we can't maybe shift our work schedule around, but to look at it as like the second I have my half twos down, where will I find time to plan to pray or to be with family or to make sure that I'm eating well or to make sure that I'm resting. And then all the other stuff, errands and smaller things will fit in, you know, they'll fit in there. Um, and sometimes you can do them together. Like, you know, I'm sure, you know, if, if, most of my friends, and I can't think of anyone who would mind if I had to run to Target for something, if I called them and said, hey, do you want to do a Target run with me? I have to run some errands, but I really want to spend some time with you. Yep. Um, no, but none of them, everyone loves Target for, you know. First of all. <laughs> so you, know, you can't leave there without spending $30. So anyways, but it helps you say no to certain things and it helps you recognize like, where's my opportunity for the things that really matter? There was, um, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying out as a family, Tony and I should come up with a mission statement mm-hmm. um, for a family. And I feel like also that's a good idea to do just if for yourself of like, what is my mission? And making sure that mission is completed within your week. Like yeah. every week you, you're you having some kind of focus and implementing that into your week. Um, because then it gives your week a little more purpose. If you're kind of like, well, my life is just school and this and that and yeah. whatnot. And so... Um, 
that's a cool idea to kind of reorganize yeah. and really make sure that you are living a purposeful life that is focused yeah. on something. Yeah, I heard a podcast where they were talking about that. I can't remember which one it was. It, yeah. But it was all about having a mission statement, having it visible where someone can, where you can see it, and then having what are the five things this year or in the immediate future that we want to make sure we're doing as a family that mm. meet that mission. Mm-hmm. And then next to each one um, is like, and have your kids when they're old enough involved in making some of those decisions. You know, and this family was talking about like, okay, like we were really discerning having a fourth kid, but if we were going to do that, we knew that our youngest had to get potty trained and be a little more independent. And we knew that we had to get, um, you know, this as- this part of the house cleaned out and organized so we had more space. Mm-hmm. And we knew that we had to fix this, like maybe pay off some debt, you know, something like that. And so those things were there. Um, and we knew we had to empower our older kids to start helping take care of the younger one. And so like they were, a whole family was involved in doing that. And the kids got to every week go up to this like whiteboard on the, on the fridge, I think, and put like a green, a yellow or a red magnet next to it that said, is this going well? Do I need to work on it more or is it going bad? You know, and they get to kind of rate and evaluate. And every time you go by that common area, you're reminded of what, you know, needs to be happening. So it was a really cool way of doing it. I wish I could remember what podcast it was, but um, because it's not one of the two main ones that have parents with lots of kids. I don't think it was How to Catholic or Messy Parenting. It could have been, but I just don't remember off the top of my head. So anyways, um, so what are some things that you can do to maybe help this happen? Um, and so there are a lot of different like rules or techniques that I've come across. I use, I don't use all of these. I use a good number of them. Uh, some of them are just not possible for the way that I operate. So, (laughs) um, and that's like this first one, um, every single day, wake up on time. Mm. that's something that's very, very difficult for me. I have an intimate relationship with my snooze button. Um, and so the only thing that's ever worked for me in this regard is to, um, I've done the, like, put your alarm clock across the room. I've done that type of stuff. I just train myself basically to sleep zombie walk to it and get back in bed every night. Nice. Yeah. So, um, however, what you can do is wherever your phone or your alarm clock is, put something on it like something weird shaped that is going to trigger you and be like, what is this? Like, I don't know, like a slinky or so, I don't know, something weird. And then a post-it on that that has the name of someone that you're going to offer up your morning for mm-hmm. by waking up on time. It's really hard for me sometimes to just do it for myself mm-hmm. because I tend to help other people first and I tend to kind of rationalize like, well, I don't, I can maybe make it work if I spend 30 more minutes in bed. But if I'm doing it for somebody else, it's a lot easier for me to just be like, all right, I need to just offer this to this person. Um, so that's something that you can do. When you do that, you gain command over your day. You're exercising. Oh, Adelaide does not want to wake up early. Um, you're exercising some aspect of self-control. Um, and you're allowing yourself more time in the morning to get up, get ready, and you're not going to be rushed. Um, you know. So one of my favorite prayers actually is... Um, Jesus, help me not to be in a hurry today. And I think part of being organized and part of, um, you know, maybe the aspect of waking up on time is a big part of that. Like, are you setting yourself up for a chaotic day? Yeah. Because your your day's not planned. You're not prepped. You don't know what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. And you spend too much time in bed in the morning when you are not waking up when you should. Yeah, and when we're hurried and our day is chaotic, we're not noticing the little things in the holy moments and we're not noticing the people that are surrounding us that maybe need us to be more attentive and Mm -hmm. aware of how they're feeling. Um, 
And we're not being Christ to one another. Yeah. When we're running around and not pausing. Yeah. I mean, bi- I think we've shared this before, but biologists say that we're supposed to get 90% of our energy from our breath. But we breathe so shallowly in the Western world because of how, how quickly we're running from place to place that we only get about 10 to 20 of our a percent of our energy from our breath. What? That's why we need caffeine. That's why we need all these things to boost us. When in reality, like next time you're really tired, it's just really, really tired, drink a glass of water and spend a minute just taking really intentional deep breaths and you will wake right up. Like yeah. I guarantee it. Go do it. And if you think I'm crazy or wrong, like go prove me wrong and do it. And it's, it's amazing what our body can do, especially when it's been deprived of that for so long because mm-hmm. we're constantly breathing quickly and like gasping for breath between all these hurried tasks mm-hmm. every single day. So yeah, so wake up on time every day. The first thing you want to do when you get up, offer that day to the Lord um, because it puts you in a good spirit. Um, it allows you to be in charge of having a good day and recognizing like there's a bigger purpose to today and the tasks that I'm going to be doing other than just like getting through it, that this day is for the Lord and it's consecrated to him. And I'm, I'm praise God that I woke up, you know, and I have the opportunity to go out to, um, today. And it could be something as simple as just like the first word out of your mouth is Jesus Mm -hmm. or Jesus. I give you this day that takes less than like two seconds, you know? So just do that. You're not going to be wasting time. Um, you're just allowing yourself to put things in their proper order that day. And then, as I said, schedule the things that matter first. Um, one thing that I just recently learned, um, and you can do this very easily, um, but learn or know when your peak efficiency is during a given day. And oh, so yeah. the way to do this, um, and I'm going to, I'm speaking at a, like a, with a bunch of youth ministers, um, at the in-service on Wednesday, and I'm going to run them through this, but Basically, you look at your whole day yesterday and you make hour by hour a list of everything that you did. But next to that, you write what kind of um, level of energy you were at. And so there's certain indicator words that you use, but it's basically like I was at 100%, I was on fire, um, I was maybe a little tired, I was hungry, I was stressed, or maybe I was at 70%, maybe now I was on like cruise control and just kind of in the mode. And you kind of write, how was I? And you do that looking back on a normal day or even over the span of a week if you want to, and you'll recognize like, okay, like, because you might have different routines on different days. So for instance, like my Tuesday, Thursday routine is different than my Monday, Wednesday, Friday yeah, routine because of, you know, having a daughter and, you know, organizing who's caring for who and who's working when. However, once I get to the end of that week, I can look back and say like, okay, well, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, my peak efficiency is around noon. Um, and so what do I need to do to make sure that's good? Well, I probably need to eat before that and I need to make sure I'm in a place where I can work and I have a list of things that I need to do at that time. Um, and when I know that I'm not trying to do like fight through four things at 6am, but I can get, that's going to take me an hour, but I can get them done in 15 minutes at noon. Cause I'm like at a hundred percent and I'm focused. So it's kind of learning. Like when I look back on my previous day or my previous week, where are my places of like maximum efficiency and energy each day? And then scheduling during that time, the things that you really need your attention. So for instance, when you're at work, if you do this at work, if you have a nine to five job, plan out each hour or look at each hour of your nine to five work day and think about, okay, when am I most effective or have the most energy? When am I most efficient? And use that time to get all the to-do list items of your day done. 
The other times, schedule meetings. So if you don't have a ton of energy later in the day, but you're on a committee or you need to go to a staff meeting or something like that, or you can schedule a meeting, schedule them during that time where you don't need to be like so hyper efficient that you like can get a bunch of stuff done, but you can just kind of relax and sit and be present to that person. Um, and so this is a reason why a lot of people get caught up on like emails and phone stuff when they first get into work. It's because when you first get to work, you're not at your prime level of efficiency. Mm. So when you first get to work, you kind of need to warm up. And so maybe have like a little routine that you do. Maybe grab a cup of coffee um, and just start doing like a couple things so you can just get them off your to-do list. One of the rules that I like to follow is if you can do it in less than five minutes, do it now. And so like if it's something quick that you can do, if you can do like three five-minute tasks in the first 15 minutes you've already accomplished three things, you know, and so you can be like, cool, like I'm getting stuff done today. And then once you're more, a little bit more awake or aware, maybe around 10 or 11, then go look at your emails and your voicemails and just kind of see, okay, what can I delete? What's really important? What can I answer really quickly? And then what do I need to leave here and think about? And then people recommend that the last hour of your work day, you then go back to the emails that are left and that you've got throughout the day and you spend a whole hour just answering those. That way, like, you know all your communication's done for the day, but it hasn't distracted from your peak efficiency time, the meetings that you have, and the things that you need to get done. Because I think a lot of time we go in, it's like, okay, first thing, open the inbox, check the voicemail. And you can get sucked into this whole vortex of like, okay, I gotta, before I do anything on my to-do list that I planned, I gotta do all these new things. It's like, no, like, do some of the things that are just easy for you to do. You know, nobody's dying. Nobody left a voicemail on your work Man, phone. You know, like don't they act? I like know. It. Sometimes they do. You know, if there was something that was an emergency, you would already know about it. So, you know, give yourself a chance to kind of like get the day started, um, and then learn when that most efficient time is for you, um, and then do that. Um, our phones can be really detrimental for this um, because our phones can be distractions. Um, but they can also help. And so um, if you have what I have, which I call notification phobia, that little red number, anytime it's anywhere on my phone, I immediately need to get rid of it and see what it is. And so I've gotten better at it, but you can turn off notifications for certain apps. You can just completely turn it off so they don't show up. And so you have a specific time in your day where you're just like, okay, now I'm going to go look at my messages and they all show up, but you're not staring at all these giant red numbers on your phone and wondering what you're missing. You know, Um, if it's an emergency, someone will call you or at least they should. If they don't call you and it's really an emergency, they're not very smart. Like if someone's just like texting you in the middle of an emergency, like, you know, it's not that big of an emergency, you know? So, um, don't worry about that. And then we've talked about this before too. Maybe turn your phone to black and white. So you don't get that like kind of red's the first color our eye sees. And so we respond um, almost animalistically like like we would if we were hunter gatherers responding to the sight of meat or blood. Um, that's why we notice it. And so um, if you tend to just get like kind of triggered by that number because um, it's the first color you see, turn your phone to black and white and it won't appear as you know like glaring on your screen and you won't get the like endorphin release or the eye strain from all the colors and the brightness on your phone and you'll be you'll have more energy you won't get as many headaches you'll get more sleep that way too cool yeah yeah don't look at my phone (laughs) i know when i look at your phone especially your emails panic oh my My emails actually because of you my emails on my phone have gone down nice yeah from like what a thousand something to like that was that was one time (laughs) that was one time good and now it's at five Um, there's this great, uh, saying from the rule of St. Benedict. So in like the fifth or sixth century, St. Benedict, he created like the very first 
monastic system and rule of like monastic life. And he created this rule of St. Benedict. It basically said, this is how the people who live at this monastery are going to work and operate. And one of his um, primary rules was laborare et orare, which means to work is to pray. And so um, I like thinking about that. And, you know, if, if you're like us and you work in ministry or you're trying to, like, adopt the spirit of, like, pray without ceasing or pray throughout the day, but you work, like, a regular 9-to-5 job, like, at a bank and you have stuff to do and it, you deal with frustrating people, it's hard to have that spirit of prayer. And so one thing you could do is just uh, program your watch or your phone to ding at every hour. And once you hear that, you then the next hour, you're just offering your work as a prayer for another person. So all you need to do when you hear that ding or that beep is just say the name in your head and everything you do from that point forward, you're doing as a prayer for that person. And so instead of feeling like, oh man, I didn't really get a holy hour in today, or I didn't really get intentional prayer time today, as long as you get like a little pocket of it for yourself, you know, like you're spending your whole day praying for other people, even if you're not actively talking. You know, like we have bodies too, and we can express prayer with our bodies. Uh, And so that's another way that you can do that. That's something that I'm learning is that because I have Adelaide the majority of my day, I don't have time to actively like go and have quiet prayer time. Mm -hmm. And so really implementing um, just activities and things within my day of what I'm doing is like offering them up and using that time as my prayer. Um, Because sometimes we just don't have the ability to go do holy hour or it's not the season of life that we can do that and that's okay and we shouldn't get down on ourselves for doing that but realize where you can actually implement little things like this into your day and tell yourself it's okay because I think we get down on ourselves that oh I don't have time to implement mass or holy hour or whatever and I'm not talking about Sunday mass I'm talking about daily mass yeah um but to recognize like okay I can I can still offer up my time like you said and do little things or start a rosary here and finish it later or yeah. you know write just one word in my journal for the day and that is the word I'm praying for that day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that same principle if you can do it in less than 5 minutes do it now. Like Yeah. Those things don't take a lot of time, you know. And so there are certain things like little household things or habits that you can build that if you did all of them, it probably only take you like 10, 15 minutes total. And we all have that, you know, we all have an extra 10, 15 minutes. Um, you know, if, if you don't let us know, send us your schedule and we want to see evidence of the fact that you you don't have 10 or 15 minutes. hours on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. And I want to see your screen time and I want to see that report and everything. Um, we all have it, you know, it's just a matter of reprioritizing how we spend our time and allowing ourselves to have You know, I think the reason why people procrastinate is not because they're hard workers. It's because, like I said before, they're trying to do work where they need to be really efficient at a time of day when they're not. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if we can not, it's not necessarily a need of deleting things and adding things. Maybe it's just shuffling and allowing yourself to prioritize certain things based on your energy level, based on, like, how well you want to do them and how efficient you want to be at them. And it creates all this extra time. And a lot less stress because everything has a planned time to happen. Um, and that seems very rigid and regimental, but it's not because it gives you all this open time to then be flexible and spontaneous with versus being like a slave to your to-do list or a slave to your job. There are so many people I know who are like, you know, I really want to start going to this thing, but like I, I'm always scheduled for work. 
And I just want to like shake them and be like, ask for the day off. Like they don't own you, you yeah. know, like, and if your job is like, oh, if, if, if you want to live your life on your terms and not ours, then you're going to get fired. Quit. That's a terrible work environment. Yeah, like you will find a better job. God will provide, but like allow yourself to voice where you want to be, what you want to be doing. And, you know, don't be a slave to your work. Recognize like work is a tool to get money, which is a tool. It's not your life, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, there are much more important things in life. Um, and so, as I said with the to-do list, like only 41% of the things get done. Um, a way that you can organize this is have some type of categorization method to like prioritize or migrate tasks. So um, migration, like task migration, where you have like a list of things and if you get, don't get them done, you migrate them to another area in your journal is something that bullet journal is very famous for. That's like their main principle is like task migration and like organizing. It sets, it takes a little while to set up a bullet journal, which is hard. You might be able to buy them now online already preset, but the benefit of you doing it is you get to do it exactly how it works for your schedule. It just takes a lot of time. And so I don't do it because like, it seems counter-efficient if I can find something that's quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does work for a lot of people who need to adopt a new method if you have nothing. Who really need like, I need to learn a method because I'm not organized at all. Something like a bullet journal or a planner that has like really intentional space like Jenna was sharing might be better for you than just like doing something easier. Because if it's too easy, you might just pass it off. Yeah. Um, you might need something that's really different. But um Here are a couple things that you can do um, to kind of maybe categorize your to-do list better. There's one that's called uh, the four fives. And so this is, you can do this on a whiteboard where you divide the whiteboard into four quadrants. You can do it on a list with four sections, but, um, and you can update it daily. And basically it's um, the first five, there's four sets of five. So the first five is what are the things that I need to get done today? It's called your first five. These are the things I need to get done today. Uh, the next five is, it would be nice if these things got done today, but they don't absolutely have to. Uh, the following five is your future five. So here's five things I need to be on the lookout for. I need to be aware of. Mom's birthday's in a month. Um, I need to plan that work project that's going to be due next quarter. I need to um, get researching on that paper that's going to be due at the end of the semester. Stuff I need to be aware of that needs to be on my radar and I need to slowly be working toward, but it's not happening anytime immediately. And then the last one is your dream five. So it's five things that like you really want to be continuing to think about, focus on, pray about. Um, maybe you need to go on a vacation or maybe you need a new job or you want to propose this new project or initiative at work. Maybe you want to think about changing your major or start looking into potential jobs. You know, Those are all things that like you can dream about that don't need to happen right now or can't happen yet because other things haven't happened that need to lead you there. But there are things you can still be praying about and discerning and really, um, you know, allowing yourself to not forget about, you know, um, maybe there's a passion that you have or that you really want to develop. Maybe you want to learn how to play the guitar. You know, you can put that on your dream five. And so you're seeing it every day you look at your list and just seeing it creates that habit of knowing like, Hey, this is something that I want to do. Um, another version of that is called the one, three, five. What's um, one big thing, three medium things, and five small things that I want to get done today? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can celebrate kind of the little victories of the small things. Maybe get those done first. And then when you're a little more efficient throughout the rest of the day, work on that big thing. And then as you start to slow down a little bit, get just like pop out some of those medium things. Um, you know, or how you have, however you want to arrange it. But that's another way uh, to do it. 
Um, some people do what's called the MIT, the most important task. Um, and so like at every moment you're thinking, what is the most important task that I need to get done today or by this time today? And once that's done, what's my next most important task? Because if you just have a traditional to-do list, that's just a smattering of stuff. Um, it's very overwhelming to look at and, um, not very satisfying to cross stuff off when it's just random. And then you just see all this other big stuff. But if you have it in a section that says, these are the things that need to get done today. And you see that go from five to zero every day that instills in your brain. Like I'm being efficient. I'm getting stuff done. I'm not looking at this giant overwhelming list. I'm looking at this section and I got it all done. And now I can work on the next five, which I didn't get to do yesterday. Um, and so it's celebrating those little victories, you know, and I put everything on my to-do list. Like if I get in, in my office and I know I got to clean up my office, I write clean up office. I write, you know, check my email. I write check my voicemail. And so like every little action I do at work, I've accomplished something and I'm not waiting to get settled and do 10 things before I actually tackle my to-do list. Um, so... And that's so fulfilling yes. to cross things off your list. You feel like you've accomplished a lot yeah. just to cross something off. And I didn't I didn't really understand that until I actually started doing that regularly mm-hmm. um, and using a list regularly. And you really feel like you're like on top of the world. <laughs> like yeah. I, I did my list and I feel good and it's a good day. And it really affects your day when you... Don't really cross everything off if you do have one of those mass lists, which I've been doing. So I needed to implement, like, I have top five or whatever. Yeah. And the great thing is, too, is if you do this digitally or on, like, a computer or phone, something like that, if you have repeat tasks that you do every day or repeat things you do every week. So, like, Sundays at my job, I do most of the same admin work every Sunday. And so the benefit is I can save my weekly to-do list on a separate note. And then when Sunday comes around, I can just go copy and paste it in. And I'm not having to retype all this stuff. And then every day, my daily stuff is on there just as a little like um, bullet that I can fill in. And when I wake up in the morning, I untick them all. And then I know I got to do these. You know, mm-hmm. these are things that I still got to do every day. So um, whatever's more efficient for you. Um, and then lastly, um, in the, in the, the note of like how we mentioned tidying up with Marie Kondo, um, the space you live in and the space you work in is very, very helpful and easy for organization if everything has its own home. Everything has a space that it goes. Even stuff that you have out all the time, uh, it needs a space where it can live, where it can belong. And that way, if you really wanted to clean everything, put everything away, it has a place to go. And the benefit of that is you know where everything is. You know where to find stuff when you need it. um, And you're not working constantly in clutter. Um, It doesn't need to be a system that looks pristine. Uh, Because there are some people who thrive. My dad's one of these people. He can have piles of papers all around him. But you ask him, hey, do you know where this report is? And he knows exactly what stack right down and he can get it for you within like 30 seconds. That's just how his brain operates. Um, However, he has an organization system. He knows that everything has a home. And even though it looks like a much crazier version than I'd be comfortable with, Mm -hmm. it has a system. And so like make sure that you have a system where you know... This is where everything belongs. This is where everything is. And so you're not spending your morning wondering, where are my keys? Where is this thing? Like, where'd this get off to? Um, You know, everything is like, I know where everything belongs. And so I can get my day off. And I'm not stopped up by some really small, like, I can't find my wallet. You know, like, things like that. And so making sure everything has a home or a place. And especially in your office, it's really hard to work in clutter. And to, like, you know, get anything done. Isn't it, Adelaide? Isn't it? So hard. So anyways, anything that you want to add to organization, Jenna? Just do it. <laughs> um, I think 
for people that are more like me that are a little more disorganized and that's just kind of the environment they live in, I had to keep reminding myself and I have to keep reminding myself that I am um, creating a new habit when I'm doing these things and that habits are uncomfortable and hard to start. And so if you just continue to do it and you actively like remember, okay, I'm doing this because blank, whether it's you want to be more organized or you want people to recognize like you're turning your leaf or whatever it is, um, it's going to take work and it's going to take effort, but find the thing that works for you. And that's going to take a couple tries, most likely. Yeah. Most likely it's going to take a couple tries for you to figure out what is good and what, how your brain works well. Um, and Adelaide just wants to sing you a song. Yeah. And I think too, like recognizing, like if you look at this, like a spiritual practice, like if you're trying to overcome a sin, you're not going to be like, okay, I'm going to stop sinning tomorrow and I'm going to start going to daily mass, do a holy hour. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do all this stuff. Uh, you're probably not going to succeed if you haven't at least built some of those baby steps already, because that's a lot to put on yourself. And so an organization system, what it does is it starts to say like, okay, maybe tomorrow I'll use the notifications on my phone to ding every hour and I'll just get used to that for a week or two. And then I'm going to start categorizing my to-do list. Um, And then, you know, after a couple weeks and just building yourself up and not trying to get to the, the end goal right away. Because if you are building a habit, if it's uncomfortable or unfamiliar for you to be organized um, and to manage your time in this way, you can't just dive right in and expect your whole worldview and like the way your brain works to change automatically. Like yes. you have to build these small little habits, which is why all of these things that I kind of offered, most of them are things you could implement immediately. Mm-hmm. You could go make a five, 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 five list or a one, three, five. You could go do something right now that it takes less than five minutes. You could map out your day yesterday right now and see when you were most efficient. Like this is not going to take you very long. And if you want a really intricate and elaborate method, stuff like that's out there, like the the bullet journal and other types of journals that are out there, um, other types of planners that you can sit down and do if you need to really just kind of change up how you organize everything. But um, start building those small habits first, and that's going to make it a lot easier when you get to that like big change to be like, well, I already do these little parts of it, and yeah. so now it's easier to fall into place. So with that being said, we have an awesome saint that Jen is going to share with us that will help us. Be more organized. (laughs) So it's St. Zita. Not St. Rita. St. Zita. She is the patron saint of housekeeping, actually. Um, But her feast day is April 27th. And so St. Zita, she lived in the 13th century near Tuscany. I'm sorry, in Tuscany, not near Tuscany. And she was born into a um, poor family, but they were practicing Catholics. And her older sister became a nun, and her uncle um, was a hermit whom... The people of that area believed that he was a saint or becoming a saint. Um, and Zita herself always tried to do God's will. Um, whenever it was pointed out to her mother that she needed to do something, she would do it, and she actively seeked God's will. And so at the age of 12, she became a housekeeper to a very rich family, um, and she ended up being their housekeeper for over 48 years. So wow. Yeah, for a very long time. Um, actually, the majority... Majority of her life. Yep, majority of her life. Um, And during that time, she maintained a very joyful character. Even though she was not very liked by um, the other employers at the house. Because they believed that she was doing it out of... um, That she was fake, basically. Like, all of her joy was fake. And that she was just making it up. Um, And so, for a very long time, she went unnoticed... 
and unliked, and then she began to gain their respect and admiration, um, because she would go out and she would take the food that she had earned and give it away to the poor. And so when she would go and take it out, she'd run out of food. And at one point in time in her life, um, there was a famine. And so the family that she was working for, they had stocked up on beans. Um, and when St. Zita ran out of all the food that she had to give to the poor, she went and she got the beans from the... Um, storage unit of the family and she ended up giving it all to the poor oh dang yeah not good and so the how the owner of the house her employer found out and took her and dragged her into the storage unit um to find that it had, it had been replenished and that um yeah it was oh, all dang. there that's crazy and so she got off the hook <laughs> but she kept doing things like that um and so she slowly began to gain the admiration and the love of um the other people that were in the house, and after a while, she became the house, the head housekeeper. Um, and what else do you need to know about her? Because she's pretty cool. Um, so her work was part of her religion, and this is why I picked her because she's still um, amongst all of the uh, projects and the things that she had to do as the head housekeeper. She always found time to go to mass and to have prayer time. And she said that a servant is not holy if she is not busy. Lazy people of our position um, is fake holiness. Um, and so I picture it because even though at that time, like, you didn't have technology, you didn't have machines, you didn't have things to help you complete tasks quickly and efficiently, you had to do it all on your own. And especially with the workload that she had, um, she was still able to take time to pray and attend mass and implement those things into her life because she knew what she had to do in those days and she got them done and then she still added in time for her prayer um, because she lived a very organized life. And so, let's see. Any other fun things to know about her? Did she invent ziti parmigiano? I think she did. <laughs> I think so. That's pretty much it, but she didn't take shortcuts, and so neither should we in our organization process, um, because Christ is calling us to better, so St. Zita, with a Z, pray for us. Yes. And, and remember, this is all about you getting to a place where you can focus more on God and yes. on the people that matter, not just on being organized or cleaning or getting everything in its place or seeing what sparks joy for you, but recognizing this is all a means to know Jesus more deeply and not let insignificant or small things that don't need to distract you or suck up all this time and cause you to procrastinate or cause you to feel overwhelmed because yes. in the grand scheme of things, those things don't matter. You know, not as much as the things we're going to miss or wish we had more of on our deathbed. No one's going to wish that they finished their to-do list on their deathbed. They're going to wish that they spent more time with the people they love and doing the things that they love. So. Amen. Yeah. But that's it. Thanks for listening. Episode 36. Oh, I didn't do our plug. If you want to support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, please visit our website, manafoodforthought.com. Comment on this. Share it on social media. Follow us at manafoodforthought on Instagram. And let us know what you think. Screenshot this if you listened or you liked it or you have questions. If you have suggestions for future episodes, let us know. We really want to hear your feedback. Uh, We really like it um, in person or online. Um, But yeah. That's that. So until next time, uh, we're praying for you, and we will see you in the Eucharist. Bye. Bye-bye. Say bye, Adelaide. Bye.